The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, no surprise to many of you possibly that uh, Dublin traffic progressively getting worse according uh, to a survey from TomTom Tom that has been published today. The second slowest city centre in the developing world, uh, the developed world rather, uh, for driving. Only London uh, is worse. Uh, joining me to discuss the Fianna Fáil TD, John Hart and Brian Caulfield, Professor of Transportation at the School of Engineering at Trinity College Dublin. Gentlemen, you're both uh, very welcome. Brian, This is perhaps a strange question to start with, given we're about to talk about it on national radio. But if policymakers want fewer people in cars and more people in public transport, does it matter if it takes so long to drive across the city? I suppose that's a, that's a very good question, Karen. Um, if you look at the, the top 10 cities that are there, um, the one thing that Dublin doesn't have that every other single city does have is uh, an underground uh, system. Um, all, of the, all of the other cities have it. London is uh, at the top um, and perhaps they don't care that the traffic and congestion is so heavy there because you barely hear Londoners complain too much about getting around the city because they've got amazing alternatives. And I suppose that's the difference between Dublin and, uh, and London and all the other cities. Uh, in the top 10 is that uh, they have much better public transport systems. So where is our much better public transport system? Is it Bus Connects? That's going to, that's that's the silver bullet. Well, I, I think nearly all of our better transport systems are currently in on board Planola, but yes, Bus Connects is, is, is one of the, one of the silver bullets. There isn't really a silver bullet, but Bus Connects is 12 corridors right across the city. It hits every corner of the city. I think that can transform the city. But as I said to the researcher before, um, when she asked me, you know, what can we do in the short term? I said nothing. There's nothing we can do in the short term other than push forward the planning of the, the projects we currently have. But it, does, does something like Bus Connects, does it become a bit of an albatross then around policymakers next? That, it, you know, it's taken so long, but there's a sense of, you know, we can do nothing, we should do nothing until this is up and running. Um, yeah, perhaps, but, you know, Bus Connects is the fastest thing that we can deliver. Bus transport and increasing okay. the, the amount of buses and bus corridors is the quickest thing because like, if we want to put down Lewis lines, we're diverting utilities underneath them. A metro, we're tunnelling, you know, and we have to do those as well, but they take longer. The short term, in inverted commas, fix is something like Bus Connects. Uh, John Lahart is with me as well, uh, Fianna Fáil TD. Uh, John, we had um, Aon O'Reardon on the show earlier in the week, a, a totally different topic, but in the conversation he mentioned uh, the need for Dublin issues to get more attention at, at government level and, and others have suggested in the past, you know, a Dublin cabinet minister. Is, is that the type of solution that we should reach for in terms of dealing with problems like traffic in the city? Yeah, just on on that issue, I mean, a minister for Dublin would be followed by uh, cries and requests from ministers for other kind of uh, cities in the in the in the country as well. Um, and I know, for example, if you take someone like uh, my colleague Minister Anne Rabbit, some uh, powers were devolved. Uh, from the Department of Justice to her, uh, from the Department of Health, rather, uh, mm. to the Department of Justice and Equality to, to her. That took about two and a half years of this government to actually uh, to facilitate. So if you look at Minister for Dublin, would have to have powers devolved, we'd say, just in relation to transport, in relation to policing, in relation to a number of issues. For me, Dublin definitely does need a champion. It needs an elected person who's exclusive, unadulterated, undiluted focus 
is just on Dublin. And I think probably the best model that we have available to us is a directly elected mayor. And I know we were, the Citizens' Assembly looked at the directly elected mayor for the county, but you know what? It's so badly needed now. I'd push for, let's just go with the city from canal to canal, have a plebiscite of people, uh, a mayor that's in charge of, you know, making the city safe, making the city clean, making it accessible for transport and culturally available to all its citizens. Therefore, you know, not incredibly ambitious uh, pieces, not as big as the, the range of 15 that the Citizens' Assembly recommended, but enough to keep a mayor very busy and very focused. Uh, is there an appetite for a directly elected mayor in Dublin? Well, I think the only way... Is that directed to me? Yeah. yeah sorry. Um, well, I just answered, I think the, the way uh, to uh, discover that is to uh, have a plebiscite. They've done that in Limerick. They did it in a number of cities in, in the UK. Some of them accepted it enthusiastically, like Manchester, London, is a clear example. There are other cities in London that rejected it. So I think it would be up to us, so people like me, who are incredibly enthusiastic about the idea of a directly elected mayor who champions Dublin, who really focuses on uh, and who wakes up every day and whose sole political drive is to make Dublin a better place, mm. to improve it uh, across a whole range of things and whose sole focus is on Dublin. A minister for Dublin, I think, would become incredibly complicated. Mm. Um, so many powers would have to be devolved from other departments and other ministries uh, to facilitate that. It would take a decade, I suspect, to put in place. In the short term then, uh, short of a directly elected mayor, is there anything we can do about traffic? Or do we just have to bide our time, John? Okay, well, I think there are a number of things already happening. There's been significant investment across a range of, of areas from, you know, upgrading DART uh, to intercity rail into the city. I'm grateful, too, that, you know, this government has given the NTA the mandate to investigate for start, which they're doing, park and rides. Uh, I was up in Derry a few months ago. At every junction on a new motorway constructed in, the, uh, in Derry is a park and ride facility where people can park and then have a very efficient bus transport transfer into the city. We don't have that. We just never planned for that here. That shouldn't take too long. Like that's not, we're not talking about a metro. And even in terms of uh, the bus connects piece, there are some of those have uh, proceeded um, already. I think of small gains like around e-bikes. A lot of people have e-bikes. I cycle an e-bike. Would I park it anywhere? No except in work, because it, I can be sure here in Leinster House it's not going to be robbed. Very few other places that I bring it to, because we have no municipal parking facilities available for people who want to park their bikes safely mm. and know that it's going to be there when they return. We just haven't taken that piece of the... And do you think that that's one of the reasons that people are not cycling more? We had CSO stats out relatively recently, and what it showed was kind of, despite all these big campaigns and all the talk on this station and all those other uh, national mm. fora, um, that... The same percentage of people drive, same percentage get the bus, same percentage cycle, same percentage walk compared to the last census. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, there were figures between the last census and this one that showed stats, for example, about the number of people that crossed over Baggett Street Bridge or Leeson Street Bridge. I'm not sure either in a bus or a bike had like really ballooned uh, over a number of years. I know a lot of people, a lot of friends who have invested in, in bikes and in e-bikes, and those bikes have displaced a load of car journeys that they otherwise would have taken. But they've also prevented, been prevented from taking them because there's nowhere safe to leave the damn things, and they're expensive pieces of kit. I also think we could incentivize those a little more. But I, getting back to the point, I suppose, about the TomTom survey, um, we need to obviously encourage drivers to find other ways, you know, if they can avoid taking the car. But there are people who must take the car. 
And the notion that they are moving 10 kilometres in 30 minutes, you know, is truly appalling. Whereas there are other people on the road that needn't necessarily be on the road. And the point mm. I conclude on is this. The NTA through bus connects you know, they, they changed routes out, for example, in my constituency. And as a result, local commuters lost a direct connection with UCD and Dundrum Town Centre. You have to connect now to, with another bus to get there. Um, but a lot of people have said, I'm not doing that now. So they've taken to the car and, you know, their student daughters or sons are being driven to UCD. So these are cars that are needlessly on the road. And that's replicated throughout the city and throughout the county. Uh, a lot of people getting in touch like Mick and Cork. Come on, let's just admit that we've no idea how to build public infrastructure. Bring in the Spanish that sort out uh, matters fairly fast. Uh, London shows that a congestion charge doesn't make any difference. It's only another tax. Dublin will be a disaster until it is an underground. The reality is that the majority of people that live in Dublin now will be dead by the time a full functioning system is in place. Brian, I appreciate that you've already said there are no short-term solutions, but somebody else texts in to point out that if you walk along the quays at rush hour, almost every car has just one person in it, and that's a big problem. Should we incentivise carpooling? Is that some low-hanging fruit we could grasp for? We could do, and I suppose the research internationally shows that that is, you know, while on paper it seems like a good idea, the reason people use cars is because, you know, they're they're convenient, efficient, and all those kind of things. If it tri- say the, your buddy that you go into the radio station with in the morning is is gone earlier in the day, you're stuck. All of the kind of nuances of human life kind of get in the way of carpooling. It's been tried a lot. I don't think that's one of the solutions. You could be draconian about it, you know, and you could you could mandate that 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 the more than one people are in the car um, as they travel in and around the city but the short-term solutions like so the e-bikes and all the rest they're brilliant but like the scale of the amount of people that we need to move out of the cars um, is such that we do need this big infrastructure um, and in transport there are no real quick easy wins if there mm. were there would be done now because there's an election coming up everybody would be want to be cutting ribbons on, on transport projects in the next six months it doesn't work like that. Brian Caulfield, Professor of Transportation at the School of Engineering at Trinity College Dublin and John DeHart, the Fianna Fáil TD. Thank you both very much for joining me here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.